Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. This is the match of the month. This is a special WrestleMania edition of the match of the month. And we are talking about Flair, Savage, WrestleMania 8. This was obviously inspired by the recent Joey Janela, Matt Cardona feud that they put online, which has been freaking awesome. Um, I'm even recording this two months before because actually I had a match of the month of mine. I do not remember what it is though. All I remember is that I was in the middle of a show, like recording a show. And I said, oh, that's giving me the match of the month for March. And then all of a sudden, boom, it just went away. <laughs> and I can't remember for the life of me what it was, what it was going to be. And I said, you know what? I'll figure something else out. And the next thing you know, I saw that their Twitter. And I was like, that is freaking awesome. And I'm all here for it, <laughs> you know? Um, so that was pretty cool. So anyways, uh, we were going to talk about, but we're not going to talk about the match. Because the match was very much uh, awesome, very fun. Uh, we're actually going to go through the events of it, the things you guys like about Match of the Month. I really wanted to uh, invest in this year and tell the story. And and yeah, these shows aren't usually long, but I wanted to tell the story and the build up to it. And this one's especially difficult to explain because it's hard to understand because of what did or may or may not have happened and really weird circumstances. So uh, let's get right to it. So. The timeline of events. Let's start this off with end of uh, excuse me, end of uh, summer 1991. You have Bobby the Brain Heenan promoting someone coming, and then he has the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, the Big Gold Belt, calling this person the real world champion. Now we know it was Ric Flair, but he doesn't actually make his debut until September 9th, 1991, and it's with the WCW title. He's called the Real World's Champion. Let's rewind even further. So, what ended up happening was he was a WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Sting had gotten hurt in the middle of their feud. He was supposed to drop the belt. He had promised the belt to Sting. This is when Ric Flair was still the head booker of WCW, and I believe the booking committee had Ric Flair as the head of it, Jim Hurd, uh, Jim Cornette, Jim Ross, um, and maybe one or two other people. But those were the main people. And Sting gets hurt. Like, Sting, I think, tears his Achilles. Well, Jim Hurd, reportedly, wanted Flair to drop the belt to Lex Luger because they turned Fl uh, Luger face immediately. Uh, well, Flair said, no, I promised the belt to Sting. And in those days, that didn't mean something. Like, the, the, if the person promised the belt to somebody that you just couldn't throw it on anyone else. Like, with the situation we just literally had, with Brock Lesnar getting the WWE Championship, and now more and more reports are coming out that Seth Rollins was supposed to get the WWE title. That didn't happen back in the day as much, and mainly in the NWA, WCW, whatever. But it still meant something. So um, all of a sudden, reportedly, and this is uh, from Jim Cornette, reportedly, uh, Jim Hurt sent some camera crews to Ric Flair's house to document his final run as WCW champion. And this was, Flair didn't know anything about this. And so when Flair found out what's happening, he said, no, screw you, I'm not dro dropping the belt. And he was still in the contract, and he just left. He just completely left. Um, him and Jim Hurd just couldn't get along. Jim Hurd King, seems like Jim Hurd King couldn't get along with a lot of people. I did watch Jim Hurd's interview with Conrad Thompson, or listen to it. Um, 
it sounds like everything they were saying was true about him. Um, and it's funny because floss alert here, but it's funny, but like we don't we'll never know what's like to be behind the curtain of these people unless we actually work in the business ourselves. And one of the biggest thrills in my life was even though I was only on one season of Rocky Mountain Pro as a commentator, um, I got to work side by side and being in production meetings with Vince Russo. And it it's funny how everybody said what they said was true about this guy. Like as far as like he really looks for he, he looks to put everyone in positions to do something. Even if you don't want to do it, he wants you, he, he just sees something and he wants you to do it. And it's kind of crazy. It's like, yo, like that's, that's interesting. Like, you know, his writing style is different, everything, right? So like, to me, it's what I got the vibe from that interview was just like, people are kind of telling the truth. Well, anyways, that's how he ended up calling Vince, flared it and said, Hey, I'm ready to come over. And they were on a handshake deal. Flair never signed a contract his first time around with WWE, WWF at the time. So he had that big gold belt for a while. Then he ends up doing the law. Then they end up suing, and because of the lawsuit, he ends up not having the belt anymore. But he still had the belt with him, you know, before he went back. So, anyways, Hulk Hogan is WWE champion around this time. So obviously, everyone's thinking Hogan Flair WrestleMania match for, for the ages, the two greatest uh, entities in each company, why wouldn't that be the thing they work at? We're going to get into later on how this got controversial and how this got confusing and everything like that because it's just one of those situations where it's really, really just kind of, it's just weird, right? So let's get to November Survivor Series. Remember, Survivor Series was always a Thanksgiving tradition and everything. This year was different because this was on Thanksgiving, but then they were trying something else two days later, which was Texas and Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday yeah, Tuesday in Texas. And it was their way of trying to see if a pay-per-view would fly on Tuesdays. Spoiler alert, it didn't fly on Tuesdays. But anyways, we get there and we have Hulk Hogan versus Undertaker. Undertaker is 26 years old at the time. And I believe this was his first ever WWE Championship match. Well, <laughs> in one of the worst looking tombstones of all time, Flair's out there. Flair throws a chair underneath the ring, uh, ring ropes. Uh, the referee's distracted. Take her tombstones, Undertaker. I mean, take her tombstones. Like, listen to me. Take her tombstones, Hogan. Hogan's head never is in danger of anything. Um, and if you listen to Undertaker after that, Hogan. He, apparently Hogan never wanted to drop the title on Taker, and he said, hey man, just be careful with my neck, my neck, I got a bad neck, and he pretended to have a bad neck, and all that type of stuff, and these these are stories of Hulk Hogan's legend. Tombstones him, wins the WWE Championship for the very first time at 26 years of age. Skip to two days later. Hogan throws powder in the face of Taker, rolls him up, and wins the championship back. So... Uh, at that time, that was very rare to play hot potato with any championship in that company, especially the WWE Championship. It just, I don't think it just, I don't think it happened very often. You know, I don't even think, personally, the same way, the way, what made Flair great to a lot of people was he could go to your town, your territory, whatever you want to call it, and he could make you as a fan believe that your top guy Saduski.com was going to win the WCW Heavyweight Championship. He could make you believe that. That was different in WWE. You just, 
you never felt like Hogan was ever going to lose. So when he did, it was such a surprise. You know what I'm saying? Like with him losing to Ultimate Warrior, it was like you, you saw that that coming, but you didn't see it coming. You're kind of just like, whoa, okay, interesting. You know, and so it just didn't happen with many titles that back then. And it was only three. It just didn't happen. And when they happened, they were special. To me, I still feel like title reigns can be special. As I record this, this is just, like I said, this is two months before match of the month for March. It needs to come out. but Or or month and a half. But, like, to me, seeing Jurassic Express win the tag team titles, such a nice surprise. Like, to me, I still get surprised. Even though I'm a huge, air quotes, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes. Mark, title changes still surprise me sometimes. I still enjoy it. I still enjoy all that stuff. Even even me knowing it was coming, I predicted when uh, Hangman was going to win the AEW World Championship, it was still good to see. It's still a nice surprise that you see him pull the trigger. At the time, this just didn't happen very often. So to see Hogan lose it and get it back, and and the way he got it back, Hogan around this time was very heelish. I guess Hogan was always heelish, but he was outright just heelish at this time. And it, was, and it felt like he was so desperate to hold on to that WWE Championship, he was doing anything. Like, he was really the top heel and the top face in the company at that time. So, Jack Tunney, who was the acting president, or the president. Now, for those of you who don't know Jack Tunney, he's the old guy, older guy with the white hair. And he really had no charisma at all. But the reason why he was on air president is because he had owned a territory in Canada, which Vince McMahon ended up buying out. And he still wanted something to do with, the, with wrestling. And so Vince said, hey, why don't you be our on-air commissioner? That's how that was even come, come up. So Jack Tony said, hey, I don't like the way this championship matches have gone. I don't like either way. Either one of you guys have won the belts. I'm going to strip Hogan of the WWE Heavyweight Championship. And we will put it up for the first time ever in the Royal Rumble. Since then, it's been up one more time in the Royal Rumble with, ironically, Triple H winning that one. Well, this is now leading us to the 1992 WWE Royal Rumble. A lot of people have said this is the greatest Royal Rumble match in history. The show wasn't too bad as well. The show was actually pretty good as well. With Roddy Piper winning his one and only championship in WWE, which was the Intercontinental title. That probably is a a whole match of the month to itself. That story and how that ended up getting to WrestleMania. Um, So what happened was, matter of fact, that might be... Another match of the month, we're being honest. Matter of fact, let's, let me mark that down in my notes really fast before I forget. Because um, that, that could be April's. Um, one second, guys. I'm actually going to write this down while I'm or, on, on air to not forget. So, anyways, we get to 1992 Royal Rumble. I want to say. It was probably the most star-studded Rumble, even though certain people weren't at the level they were, they would eventually get to. You still had a ton of people in that Rumble that are Hall of Famers, megastars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So going into it, and I would dare say this is the only Rumble where you didn't know who was going to win. Like, it's very rare, and I think I just talked about this in the show like a few weeks ago, it's very rare for you to not have an idea of who's going to win. Like, to me... 2012, I thought once Jericho debuted, I thought Jericho, like he debuted at the Rumble. I was like, oh, Jericho's going to win. Ended up being Sheamus. 
um, which was a good choice. And honestly, it's one of the rare times where two new people won back-to-back Rumbles. I don't think that happens very often. Like, Del Rio won in 2011, Sheamus won in 2012. I I would need to actually look up and do my history on when's the last time that happened. Because you had Shawn Michaels won back-to-back 95, 96. Austin won 97, 98. McMahon won 99. So technically, McMahon and was a new winner, air quotes. And The Rock won in 2000. So I guess... That was two new winners, I guess. But these guys were already superstars, obviously. And this man's the owner of the company. Anyways, so you didn't really know who was going to win this match. So, But it was it was a fantastic rumble. This was Bobby Heenan's magna opus. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. He, to this day, I can watch it. And I can I can literally put the, the TV screen on black and listen to his commentary. It was Gorilla, Gorilla, Gorilla Monsoon. And that you have me. Right there. Those two were fantastic. Shut up. I told you, shut up. I have a lot of money at stake. And so just going back and forth, this it was just fantastic. And so Flair starts, uh, no, Flair comes in at number three. He was the first one to actually be in the Rumble that long. And, and, and when, and how he won was the final three are, well, let's, let's, let's bring Macho Man into this. <laughs> So Macho Man had his wedding with Miss Elizabeth on at SummerSlam. Match made in heaven and a match made in hell. And in their reception, a snake popped out of one of the presents, which started a feud, which was never paid off, by the way. It started a feud with Jake the Snake Roberts. And this is where the infamous, where several infamous moments where that was one. Jake slapped Miss Elizabeth. I don't think that's ever happened Ever again when someone put hands on Elizabeth. Like, but Jake slapped the bitch. But, uh, the woman, excuse me. So, <laughs> sorry, I say, I, mm, excuse me, my personal life, I say bitch a lot. So, I apologize. Um, for, any woman who, for any women who are listening, I, I, I do apologize. Um, and so, I'm, no one ever touched her. So, like, Jake was, like, tormenting this man, right? So... Macho Man, also, this is one of the infamous moments where Jake has a divinomized snake, but the snake is biting Randy Savage, and he can't get the snake off because Randy Savage is caught in the ropes. Um, it's one of the, the most horrific things you'll still watch to this day. I don't care if it was in the, mid, in, the, in the early 90s or not. It was terrifying to watch the snake, and then you see Roberts like trying to get the snake off as... um. As fast as can, this snake was not letting go of Savage's arm. It was just terrifying. So as you go into this Rumble match, Jake Robert and WrestleMania Eight is so freaking fascinating and cool because all these things. Now that I'm thinking about, think about, think about, think about how crazy this is. Think about how crazy this is. Going into this this Rumble, you had everyone feuding with someone different. Taker and Hogan are feuding. Um, Sid's like just, just caught in the middle, but he's a he's a megastar in the waiting in, in, in WWE's opinion, right? You have uh, the Snake and Savage feuding. Flair is feuding literally with everybody, calling himself the Royal World's Champion with Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan in his corner. Like, so many great storylines was going into this, right? So, now you have Savage. Remember, the belt's on the line. But Savage could care less about the WWE Championship because guess what? He wants to kill Jake. <laughs> he wants his hands on Roberts. <laughs> so, anyways, we get to the Rumble. And so Flair is just, he's just barely outlasting. He's taking a beating. 
every time he chops, someone just hulks up, air quotes, and he's begging, pleading off, etc., etc. Savage comes in. So Jake sees this. Jake essentially eliminates himself. Like, Roberts didn't need much help. He was running from, from Savage, right? And so Savage, not paying attention, he eliminates himself, which supposedly was not supposed to be a thing. But he eliminates himself. Undertaker then throws him back in the ring. And how they cover it up is saying how you can't eliminate yourself. I keep doing air quotes. Well, obviously, we know in the future, you could always eliminate yourself. Drew Carey did it. Kane did it. A number of people have done it throughout the years, right? So... And I believe Kane did in 1999 when uh, I think they tried to send him back to the, the, the crazy asylum and he just came over time and just chased the guys away. So anyways, so Savage, that's it. Like, he's not even in the tile picture yet because he was supposed to be facing Jake Roberts at, you know, WrestleMania. So anyways, now you have the final three. You have Flair, Hogan, Sid. Well, Hogan has Flair trying to eliminate Flair. Sid looks at the crowd, looks around, and just tosses Hogan out the ring. So then Hogan becomes the biggest baby of life. He says, oh, we're supposed to be brothers. We shook hands. And then he's pointing to the crowd. He's not wrong. And then you see Sid say, it's every man for himself, big boy. He isn't wrong. It is every man for himself. So Sid's trying to uh, get Flair out. Hogan grabs Sid's arm. So Sid's looking around. Hogan's looking around. And then, together, Hogan and Flair eliminate Sid. So now then then Hogan goes over to the freaking referee. And it's like, you eliminated me. And we're supposed to be for... Like, Get over yourself, dude. You're wrong here. You are wrong. <laughs> right? So, uh, Flair it wins it. Hogan tries to go in the ring, chase him, and Flair runs away. Flair is a now one-time WWE champion with probably one of the most historic wins in that time in the way he won it. Because it, it, say what you want to about the Royal Rumble, it was, even if it's not a big deal now, or it's taking a dip, it was such a big deal at the time. I still I still think the Rumble's a big deal. I truly do. I still think it is. I, like, that's just me personally, though. But that's because Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of all time from WWE. I, 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 I can sit here and just watch the Rumble and be content. Like, WrestleMania is very much... I would put, for me and my enjoyment, Rumble's first, and I'll put Money in the Bank second. Like, see, me seeing the build-up is better than the culmination sometimes, because the culmination, in my opinion, more recently, has not been fulfilling. And I'm not counting WrestleMania 36, because that wasn't fair to Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar and all those people that they had to go through that, because we all went through the pandemic. So, for me, that's less of that and more of just like, okay, cool. But some of the things we've seen recently has kind of been like very, eh, whatever. So, anyways. So, now we have the weirdest part of this story before we get to the, the actual match of the month. So, remember, everyone's feuding with everyone different. Flair's not a world champion. So, Jack Tunney holds a press conference. Where he says, hey, we're going to have Savage, Hogan, Sid. I'm going to make my decision in this press conference who gets a shot at the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. So at the press conference, Jack Tunney chooses Hulk Hogan. And you can see how mad Sid is. 
Savage is disappointed, but Savage is like, I'm going to kill Jake Roberts. Who gives a fuck, right? <laughs> so, sitting there, and like, all of a sudden, then Mean Gene, like maybe two weeks later or something like that, he says, hey, breaking news, we have a double main event, and the match has been changed. Now the main event of WrestleMania will be Hulk Hogan versus Sid. Sid went to Jack Tunney and said, hey, how does Hulk Hogan, in storyline, how does Hulk Hogan get a WWE Championship match when he cheated to eliminate me? He was eliminated from the Rumble. He got uh, legally eliminated. He illegally eliminated me. So now you have a grudge match main eventing. Then you have Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ric Flair for the WWE Championship. Now, if you listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, he has said that there was never supposed to be a main event of Hogan and Flair. It was never, ever pitched. It wasn't even thought about. Obviously, this is one of the stories where we call BS on Bruce Pritchard, the same way he says it wasn't racist, to have Triple H say the things he said about Booker T. It's clear that's where they want to go. And I can't remember which DVDs was on. I haven't watched my DVDs in years. I did, my DVDs are in Atlanta. I can't wait till I move so that way I can get all my shit in one place. But I was watching this DVD one time. I think it was a Flair DVD. And they had told a story about how that Flair and Hogan had did some house show matches together. And apparently they didn't draw very well. So you have, you have Bruce Pritchard's side saying that it was never an idea. Then you have also a number of people on this DVD. And Vince McMahon, why, and even if Vince McMahon doesn't watch all these DVDs that they produce, his min, minions do. So I'm pretty sure if there's something in there that was not true, they would say, hey, yo, this isn't true. Like, cut this to freak out, right? So they allowed several people to say that, hey, they did house shows, it didn't draw. So then you have that reason, you have this reason, then you have the third reason. The third reason was just, which I think we all, I think this is the one I believe the most, between two and three, is how they couldn't decide on who would win the match. Flair, who was on a handshake deal, and the handshake deal was apparently, hey, when you don't see any more value in me and you want to move me down the card, let me go, and I'll lose to whoever you want me to. That was agreed to. Apparently, Hulk, uh, apparently, it wasn't that Flair didn't want to do the job. It was that McMahon didn't think Flair should do the job to Hogan at that time. Because Hogan was getting more and more booze. So, I believe more of the third and the second one, you know. But they couldn't come up with a winner. So, if you can't come up with a winner, why even do the match? It's funny how they had that. If that third one is true, which we'll never know. If that third one is true, think about this. Just a few years later, they had a situation where they put two people in the ring that couldn't stand each other, and then they had to screw one. <laughs> think about that. How crazy. How crazy that is. Anyways. So, now you have your matches set. So now you have the few going that's starting. And the main reason Savage got thrown into is because they changed the direction of Jake Roberts. And he was going to feud with The Undertaker. That's a whole nother match of the month to itself. If I I literally just, I didn't think about this until as I, I'm, I literally wrote down notes for this show. And I didn't think about the branches of WrestleMania 8 and how the branches affected one another. This year. I just didn't think about it, right? So anyways, all of a sudden you have Flair uh, producing these pictures and saying, hey, I had her first. 
of of Savage and Miss Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth in the skimp, skimpy bikini and um, feeding him grapes and Mister Perfect's there and they are just tore. The, the first year of air quotes marriage for Randy Savage was hell. You have people smacking his wife. You have people biting him with snakes, sending snakes to bite him. People taking pictures of him saying, "I had her first. It was this guy's first first six seven months of marriage was terrible. That really makes me want to get married. Wink, wink. So, anyways, we finally get to the match. WrestleMania. This is on, and so this was a great match. Flair bleeds at the time. Bleeding was a no no, and in two matches this year at WrestleMania, Flair bled and Bret's, uh, Bret Hart bled. Apparently, Flair got in trouble for it because it was obviously blood. It was obviously bladed, but apparently Piper and Bret Hart covered up the fact that Bret bladed and he didn't get in trouble, according to Bret Hart. But Bret Hart is his own best friend, uh, best uh, best fan. So I don't know how true that is. Anyways, so we get to we get to the match. Flair is working on Savage's leg. Miss Elizabeth, who's not at ringside, but Mr. Perfect is. Mr. Perfect is just screwing this guy over left and right. Finally, we see the first ever appearance. Fun fact here. Of freaking Shane McMahon trying to stop, not doing a good job, but trying to stop Miss Elizabeth from coming to the ring. So the crowd's going crazy. Anytime Savage and Elizabeth did something, they, like, they were just the ultimate love story in professional wrestling history, in my opinion. Nothing can stop it. So she finally gets to the ring, starts to support her man, her husband. And next thing you know, uh, Flair ends up hit, trying to hit him with a punch. He dodges. Savage pulls his trunks, rolls him up for a win in the WWE Championship for the second time for Macho Man at a WrestleMania. And so the crowd goes crazy. Elizabeth gets in the ring to, to, to uh, celebrate with her man and sparkles go off. It was, the to me, one of the best moments of the of, the, of Mania. Uh, Bret Hart match and Roddy Piper match was really good as well. Um, and so to me... This had to be a match of the month. Not just because I had to have inspiration for it, but it was just such a good WrestleMania moment. And it was it actually fit WrestleMania. And also you get out of it now where Flair and the, I think Macho Man had a belt for like two months and ended up losing it. I think he passed out to the figure four. But um it was such a great moment, such a great match, such a great buildup and so many twists and turns. But now that I'm now that I'm talking all this stuff out, like I said, I didn't write notes on all this stuff. But now that I'm talking all this stuff up, there's so many things that happened to have that moment that was not actually supposed to happen. And we would not have had that moment if we would have had Flair versus Hogan. To me, WCW was meant to have that moment. If you think about the, the momentum of WCW, you have Flair and Hogan, the first pay-per-view in WCW uh, uh, that Hogan has. And then you also have the fact that it does a huge buy rate for him. He wins the title. You have Shaquille O'Neal presenting him the belt. I think Mr. T was there. It was a bunch of celebrity stuff going on. It was meant for them to have that moment. And WWE, I don't think WWE could do the moment right at that time. When you have someone not on contract, someone who's like losing their luster and they're being booed. Like, if you listen to that, I know they changed some of it. I remember watching the VHS dating myself. I remember watching the VHS. I got the VHS from fucking Blockbuster dating myself. And I remember watching that VHS. He got, Hogan was getting booed out of the building, especially when he did what he did to Sid. Everyone in that building knew Hogan was wrong. So like you look at that, they couldn't produce the right moment. So it was meant for WCW to have that moment, in my opinion. So anyways, that was the match of the month. That was a little bit longer than your normal matches of the month by 
I think it was, yeah, <laughs> about 30 minutes. Um, but it's all good. That's why I want to, I told you guys, I want to put more emphasis in the matches of the month. And um, even though this won't come out to March, I think I'll give myself a little series to do because I did want to bring in comic books in the match of the month, make like a, a comic book of the month. But I think we're going to, as we hit down the road with the, the, uh, Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, um, I definitely think that for me personally, I want to hit those then. But now I think I've given myself a, a trio, a series to, to walk work off of. So, anyways, that's your match of the month for March as we head to WrestleMania. So, I am the Soul Chemical. That is the show. We are out.